Hello, and welcome to Manifestor Academy for Entrepreneurs with Michelle Anderson. If you are curious about how to manifest the life and business of your dreams, you're in the right spot. I will be sharing interviews, tips, tricks, stories, and anything I can think of by lifting up the hood on my own experience and my own businesses, including my coaching practice, about how you can manifest your dream life and business I hope you enjoy it. If you want to learn more, you can always go to michelleanderson.com. That's Michelle with two L's and Anderson with an S-E-N at the end. I have Doug Hart here on the show and I'm really excited to have him because I've been watching what Doug's been doing for years and I'm going to let him talk a little bit about what are you up to these days, Doug? Well, hi, Michelle. Thanks for having me on your podcast. So as founder and owner of Design Build Cincy, we're kind of trying to always trying to reinvent ourselves. What maybe that's overstated. Every other year or two I, I try to reinvent the show a little bit. So Design Build Cincy, for your listeners who might not know, is a a trade show. Uh it's kind of a hybrid trade show. It's open to both the public uh who pay a fee to attend and uh design professionals who uh just register attend for free. And so I'm I'm working on that show right now, which happens in November or I'm sorry, October. Yeah, and I've actually participated with my company Flourish a few times, and it's definitely different than a lot of the home shows out there. Um, talk about a little bit about why you decided to explore this space. Well, I think that's important that when you develop a new concept um, as an entrepreneur, you think long and hard about the marketplace and what some of the uh, concerns are that the current cust that the customers you're trying to reach uh, share about the products that are out there. So you mentioned home shows and I have a long background in home shows up till uh, several years ago, I had owned a, or been a part owner rather of a larger company that did big shows, including uh, uh, home and garden shows. And I knew from producing that for decades that the size of it, the location of it, and the broad-based nature of it was a, was a deterrent for a lot of people that service the luxury residential and small commercial markets. Um, so when we developed Design Build Cincy, the strategy was how do we take what what people don't like about the big home shows they're they're often very long they are over a period of several days they have long hours um and though they have pretty large audiences in many cases the audience are just there cuz it's it's part entertainment now that, that i don't want to um squash people doing a home and garden show cuz there's a place for a lot of things but in that show but that uh Mostly they're for functional pro products that people um, 
are always going to need to replace. Design built Cincy is for luxury products and, and, and designers who service the luxury market. So, and it's at music hall, which is a totally different venue than a big convention center. It's a very short show in duration. The booth sizes are very small. So it makes vendors, it makes the job of putting up and staffing a booth very easy. So those three characteristics, the, 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 the short, uh, uh, duration of the show, the small booths, and the targeted niche just differentiate it from anything on the market. And I think from there, we've been able to develop a successful concept. I think so too. And it's funny that as you were coming up with that concept, I had actually tried the home and garden show and as a vendor came up with the same mm-hmm. sentiment that you did. And we talked about this. Um, as you were right. developing the home, the, the design build Cincy show. And I said, oh my gosh, this sounds like the perfect way for Flourish, a design build landscape company to connect with potential clients because it's a boutique brand that gets lost in the larger shows. And you're right. Some people are going there for either entertainment to the big shows or because they need to replace things. So you had to think about both target markets of your vendors that are going to be in the booth and the people that want to attend the show. Well, and we went way deeper than just, okay, small, cool venue, um, short duration, small booths to make it easy for vendors. We located in uh, the over the Rhine district because that neighborhood was being transformed and we wanted to be part of that. And we felt like both our vendors and visitors could experience that when they came to the show. Whereas oftentimes when you go to a big convention center, no matter what city, the neighborhood is definitely not part of the experience. You come, you park and you go. Whereas over the Rhine, since we were an architecture and design centric show, we felt like the experience of walking around the neighborhood before or after the show would be different than the experience you would get from going to a bigger convention center. And that's really played out well. Um, we've invited other design-oriented businesses in, in the neighborhood to join us and do their own events during the weekend. And so as a result, um, we feel like uh, we're more of a cultural festival than a typical exposition of any kind would be because, you know, we, we talk about the importance of design, the importance of making things to the community, um, the importance of makers um, to creating a more vibrant culture and a more vibrant urban core in this case. And, you know, we kind of wanted to attach ourselves to all of those relevant things and um, create a show. And that's what we did. So design build is a lot about not only uh, designing a new kitchen or a new landscape, but it's about finding fabricators or makers who can build beautiful things for your project um, and build them locally, build them in small batches there. That's real important to us. And it sounds like you thought a lot about what it takes to set up in those shows for the vendors and that you tried to make it so that it's possible for those vendors to attend. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. I probably half of our vendors are small companies that might mean they five or less companies. So, and they're entrepreneurs trying to grow their business and 
find their market. So uh, pricing for a show is very relevant. Um, and although, you know, we, we might be, we're, we're, a price per square foot is higher because our booths are so small, the relative total cost is much less than a bigger show um, in terms of building a booth or in terms of just buying the space. So we think a lot about entrepreneurs. We think the entrepreneurial culture is a big part of what makes design build a success and gets people excited about attending the show or being in the show. I would agree. And I think uh, having participated for a few years, I always come away with really excellent new relationships via the other vendors actually. And if well, it weren't for the show, I wouldn't get a chance to spend three days staring at them across the aisle or whatever it may be. Right. The networking component of the show has proved to be invaluable and, and, I feel like you can never meet enough people when you're building your business and you can never talk to enough or have enough conversations about your business with people. So even if you're at a trade show and you walk away and you know, you, you've, you don't have an order, but you've had a dozen or two dozen or 10 to, or a hundred conversations, you've planted a seed that will ultimately provide new business for the company. It's just sometimes people are impatient and can't wait that long. I give, I got to give you a great example of that. Uh, there was a company that did the show the first year, the design build show. They were a, a design build contractor. They're also a cabinet maker. So they, they build a lot of their own, they're trim carpenters as well, but so are a lot of the contractors, but these people actually will build furnishings for their clients as well as build an addition. Um, so they're very design build oriented, right? And um, they did the show, got a big spike in their web traffic, but uh, six months after the show, still hadn't gotten any results. And then, so we kind of just parted ways. And then maybe last year or three years after this company did the show, I called him back and said, you know, how's it going? We wanted to touch base and see if you're ready to return to the show. And he said, nope, I'm too busy. The three biggest, I got three huge jobs from that show this year. <laughs> So he waited, what, two and a half years? I don't know what the total elapsed time was, but it was between two and three years for those results to come through, but they did. Um, so you, as my point is, if you're an entrepreneur, you just can never have enough conversations with people. So, and shows or provide that um, in a way that maybe other media can't. I love that you shared that, especially because for entrepreneurs that are in this space where they're selling really investment pieces, basically that some people will find you and then figure out how they can afford you. And it might take them a couple of years. Right. It's a really big decision. So sometimes they think about it and until they really feel that that's the right fit. So, right. Um, yeah. Well, that's a, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, that example, I think is a lesson of um, never be afraid to pick up the phone and call someone. And believe me, in my business, rejection is a part of life. You know, we're, we sell spaces. We have to find 120 companies. A lot of them come to us to fill all this space. 
And there's nothing more disappointing, I think, as an entrepreneur or as, a, or as any business owner to be rejected by a client because they didn't think your product was a good fit for them. So the point is, you know, I never gave up. Three years later, I called back and just they had, and we were friendly. He didn't think badly of the show. He just didn't think it was a great fit at the time. And it turned out it was a great fit for him. Um, having this conversation reminds me, I need to call him back on this year's show because he'll probably be ready to do it. Um, and I also think the consistency of being stick, if, if you're, a, if you use media, whether it's a trade show or a, or a magazine, it, you have to be consistent with it. You can't just pop up in it. Um, and then not be in the same magazine, for example, the next month or the next quarter, you've got to commit for more than one time. You got to commit. If it's a magazine, you got to do it four times, or if it's a show, you got to, you know, be consistent um, and stick with it a little longer. You, know, you don't put up an internet site and take it down if nobody uh, subscribes to your email list right away. So you, you know, you're only there for three days. Come on, give it, you know, give it a chance. And that's hard for some people to do, and I understand that. But um, that that is just part of the business cycle. It's part of growing a business. I'm really glad you spoke about that because I know in my early days, I wasted money with little flashes in the pan of marketing until I started to understand that you need to pick something that works and be consistent there. Well, the audience that the audience is there, you're creating awareness, whether it's in a magazine or at a show and having conversations, then, you know, you can never create enough awareness for your product. You have to be disciplined about, where you spend it, but I think most people, not all, but many people have to do marketing. And, and interestingly, a lot of our vendors don't do any marketing because they're architects or interior designers. They're, it's all word of mouth. But we, we found a niche that many businesses wanted to be associated with. To my knowledge, before Design Build Cincy, there was no show in Cincinnati or even in the region that architects went to as vendors they might attend as a uh, as a visitor but there was never a show that i'm familiar with and this is true of most markets where where architects would feel comfortable exhibiting i think they felt and it was always our desire to have them exhibit we just never knew there would be as many as have exhibit and then we get you know lots of architects who attend and walk through the show because it's a source for new products for them or new suppliers or new fabricators, and they're always looking for new fabricators and suppliers. So it's still working. Yeah, I would have to say that I walk the show too, just to make sure that I know Good. who I need to know in the room. And I, and I usually make a new relationship of someone I need as part of my business, right. or someone that I want to start a conversation with that might actually not come to fruition until years down the road. Well, and it's fun for me as the sh as the show owner to be able to curate the show. And if you went to our website, you'd uh, com, you'd see what the exhibiting criteria are for the different categories we will accept. Um, and I guess you know I'm not going to go into detail on that, but um, our our criteria are: hey, you either design spaces so that they're more beautiful, or you make products that fit beautiful environments and, and it, it kind of stems from that. And that's um, not normally a 
focus of a trade show, but that's ours and it seems to work. So we found our niche and um, this will, I think, be the fifth year for the show. And speaking of niche, and I know that each year you really think about what worked, what can be shifted, and I, and I like listening to like what you've changed or where you plan to go with mm-hmm. it. You know, you've been able to be flexible with the feedback and the timing. Tell me about how you approach setting up a venture like this or any of your ventures and kind of take the experience and then apply it towards what you're going to do next. Well, I have a great example of that, I think. Um, so at this year's Design Build Cincy, and I apologize to your listeners for being so focused just on this, but that's the one event I do right now as we, as we build our business. So it's all we are focused on. Um, though small, it packs a pretty big punch, but we always want to get, in our case, more visitors coming to the show. So this year on Friday night, um, I think that's October 25th, but whatever, um, we are opening the show for an opening night party called Tastemakers. And the idea behind Tastemakers is to bring the culinary community down to the show for a night where they can taste their products. So these will be restaurants, food entrepreneurs, culinary makers. And the reason... And it, and, and it isn't just because we want to have an opening night party and let people sample food. It's because we feel like the culinary community and the design fabrication community are pretty aligned in terms of their go-to-market approach. What that means is, hey, food, food makers and food entrepreneurs are the ones we are working with are focused on small batch artisanal products. And so are designer makers. They're focused on small batch artisanal products, locally made um, that uh, require a lot of craftsmanship to complete. When you think about all those are terms, craftsmanship, local, small batch artisanal, fitting of the art, I'm sorry, the, the food maker business or the, uh, design maker business. So we're launching tastemakers. So there'll be hopefully 30 plus culinary companies there allowing people to sample their foods. And then there'll be lots of craft alcohol that won't be free, but the obviously you have to buy your drinks, but that they're also a great fit and alignment with our audience. So we're going to have this big foodie event. And I think Friday night, we'll get a lot of new people that come to the show uh, to, to, try the foods and see the design and as far as i know it will be the only food event there's dozens of food events every weekend that has a design as a background and backdrop for the show so those 30 food vendors or whatever they will be or whatever it will be will be married with various vendors so like if florist wants to have a get paired up with a restaurant so that they can sample food friday night we'll find that we'll find that pairing and try to make it happen yeah so tastemakers is being launched it's a new brand and who knows, it may spin off and we may do it on, our, on its own and do it as a, as a separate food event. But that's how I think that addresses your question. That's one way we're hopefully improving or at least changing and changing the show this year. Well, one thing I like about that, and this is the first time I got to hear you explain it, which is exciting because um, 
I've heard you talk about before how to bring culinary or hospitality closer to the design community and different things that yeah. you looked at trying to do. And I've also expressed the thought that my ideal client um, might not always take time out to go to a home show for design build since they will, but they will take time out to go experience some kind of culinary experience and right i'm actually really excited to see how this pans out i know it should be fun so we're excited about that and then we're also launching um um a retail component for design build called the design makers market so that'll allow designers slash makers to sell at the show which in the past it, it hasn't been any there's been no cash and carry at the show so we'll curate this area and invite people who maybe somebody who makes home furnishings or home fashions, pillows, something you could buy at the show and take with you. Um, and it'll be fairly home furnishings focused. Um, and I don't know, we've identified a hundred companies that might fit and they might be a luxury retailer with a home furnishings store and they have small items you can, that they sell to decorate your home with or to enhance the beauty of your home, or it might be a maker slash designer who um, is looking for an outlet for handmade items that they sell. And since we're right before the holidays, you know, we're the beginning of November, end of October, it's kind of like you can buy something for your home or you can give the gift of design. So we're looking for companies out there that would like to retail at the show. And we're open to find, you know, all, 16 brand companies that are new to the show and give people who like to shop an experience at the show worth, you know, an experience that they'll feel it's worth visiting the show. So there's two, those two new items are the ones we've come up with so far. And that's all explained on our website at designbuildcincy.com. What inspired you to make this um, area where you can buy items? I, well, that's a great question because I launched in my former career this uh, Cincinnati Holiday Market, which is now at Duke Energy Center, and it's one of my old company's biggest shows. When I launched it, we launched it with 100 curated boutiques from around the country and makers. Back then, no, I don't even know if they called themselves makers, to tell you the truth. So it was a decade or more. So it was probably 13 years, 14 years ago. And um, it's since expanded quite a bit, but I know that people, our clientele love to shop. I know those kinds of shows can draw a lot of people. And so again, we think it'll just bring in more people who are interested in quality craftsmanship and are looking for either a great gift to buy for the holidays for somebody who loves design or are looking because they're doing a project. Maybe, maybe we'll have a, I don't know, maybe we'll have a pillow maker there and they can buy, you know, some really cool handmade items at the show, decorative items. And I just, I just know that a lot of people love to shop and will enjoy that part of the show. I'm looking forward to seeing how that works out because I know for me to go and look at the home and garden show, there's the segment of the market missing, which is uh, over at the Design Build Cincy show, my colleagues, and mm -hmm. it sounds like this um, 
the part where you can buy some things, I think that'll draw some more people in because it'll be the immediate gratification. So that sounds really neat. Yeah, it'll just be fun. It gives energy to the room too um, that otherwise might not be there. People found, I mean, when you find something cool at a flea market, you're pretty excited about it. Uh, and many of the items you do find at flea markets are either vintage or sometimes handmade. Our items will be curated in a different way that uh, a flea market would be, but not to take away from flea markets like Oakley Flea or City Flea. Those are good markets. Uh, but we'll be more focused on home fashions or so home furnishings, like home accents. You've put so much thought into what the show can be year after year. Oh, now let's go out and make it a huge winner, right, Michelle? That's what I want. I want, as an entrepreneur and especially as a show manager, you want nothing more than everybody to be happy when they leave the show. And you know what? Last year's show, I think most people felt that way. I, I heard more good vibes that, you know, hey, it was from the vendors than um, maybe I'd heard in the past. So it feel it felt like it turned out really good. Yeah, I think as a vendor, it was just really amazing to have a show that was so beautiful that allowed me to set up and have a beautiful booth without that much effort. Yep. And then have a lot of really ideal potential people funneled through the room that could speak with us about their projects and that is everything you had some beautiful want. furnishings in your booth too others were awesome i'd love to we need to do a post on those furnishings on a project wherever those went after the show wouldn't that be neat yeah i actually have some from the show and i can reach out to my buddy um where they came from and they were that was a partnership with voltage and okay we had some really awesome outdoor furniture in the booth. I'll see if he has any, if he sent those anywhere and has any pictures. Well, I don't know if we're allowed to do this, talk about this on a podcast, but right now it's spring weather. It would be a beautiful time to do a, an outdoor living post on with using some of that modern furniture on one of your client's porches. That'd be awesome. Absolutely. And I'm getting ready to plan some stage photo shoots for Flourish at some client projects that I'm really proud of. So definitely okay. be calling my favorite people. Um, I'll send them your way. I guess. Um, yeah, please do. I could ask you tons of questions about this because it's one of my favorite industries. But I want to ask you, is there anything that you want to share with the audience? There are a lot of entrepreneurs and potential entrepreneurs that listen to this podcast that you think you'd like for them to know about, you know, your experience and just some sage wisdom from you. Hmm. It's so easy to get discouraged. You know, when you own the idea, you're married to it and it's kind of personal and just to get people's attention that you think would be a customer of the product. It can be very discouraging. They're already using somebody else's product and you're trying to get them to replace it with yours or they're happy just going about their business the way they are and don't need the added distraction. And I, th I think it's an age old adage is you just stick to it. It's, it's hard to get rejected when it's so personal. And you have such ownership in it um, that, you know, remove yourself from it for a while and go out and take a bike ride on a nice spring day and, and think about how to approach the problem from a different direction. 
and you'll always come up with a new idea because usually that's what entrepreneurs are, our idea. I mean, we execute too, but you know, when you approach somebody's objection from a different viewpoint, you, you always, you're an entrepreneur, an idea person, you'll come up with something new. Give it time. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, and I'm glad you talked about having a bike ride because, you know, whatever will work for training thought and doing something fun and getting in the sun. Yep. Uh, is there anything, I know you mentioned your website. Uh, let the audience know where they can find you again if they want to hop on sure. and check out the show. Absolutely. DesignBuildCincy.com, Cincy, spell with a Y in this case is all the information about the show if they're interested in that or if somebody wants to reach out and talk to me about entrepreneurship my email i even think my phone number is probably on the website i hope it is um uh, contact me um for further discussions or coffee always happy to do that well thank you so much for being here i'm so glad you made some time and i i really hope the audience enjoys it i did um so i really appreciate it doug thank you all right, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on the episode today. I'm so glad you were here to give a listen. If you liked it, this is a new podcast right now, so I would really appreciate it if you would give us a review on whatever platform you're listening on, just to let other people know that this is a place where you can learn how to manifest the life and business of your dreams. Also, if you want to find out more, follow us on Instagram. It's Michelle and Anderson with an S-E-N at the end on Instagram and Michelle Anderson. Dot com is the website.